Please pray one Hail Mary with me, just asking for Mary's intercession as we open the word today. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. As we gather here on this Good Friday, just two things I want to look at. One is... um, one thing I do every week is I go over to the school and I teach. And then another thing is just looking at the words, I thirst. One of my favorite things to do uh, each week is to go over to All Saints School and I get to go over and, and teach the children. And this past week I went over and I just went through the gospel account of the passion narratives. And I told the children, if you don't understand what one of these words means, please raise your hand and ask me. Then one of the students in kindergarten asked what does it mean to be crucified? You have to kind of step back and ask ourselves, do we really know what it means to be crucified, what Jesus did for us? And just a little bit about what crucifixion, what happened to Jesus, because sometimes we just need that gut-wrenching, that heart-wrenching images, those images to not sin anymore, because that's what it cost us. That's what it cost our Savior so here in Romans 6.23, it just says, the wages of sin is death. And we choose to sin. We put our Savior to death and we repent. He dies for us. And we don't have to die. So what crucifixion looks like in, in Jesus, with Jesus, the first thing the Roman soldiers did to Jesus is they put a towel over his head so he couldn't see. And they began to mock him and make fun of him and punch him and kick him while he was on the ground. Because they wanted to belittle him. To say, you don't have any power over us. And as he was brought to Caiaphas, and he was placed in, um, in, a, 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 tomb, or in a, a prison, um, he was made fun of there too. Being dehydrated, right? No food. And then he is brought out before Pilate, right? And Pilate doesn't find him guilty, but he says, you know what? We can at least crucify him. And what that looks like it's a very graphic image, but sometimes we need these graphic images to really be like, really be at awe about how much our Lord loves us. That he would go through this amount of torture to save us. And they'd use different types of uh, tools. And one of the tools has a handle on it. And on that handle, um, there is a piece of leather with a, with a piece of rock attached to it. And on that rock are little sharpened pieces of sheep bone. And the Roman soldiers would each have one of these. And they would come to scourge Jesus. And his hands are tied to a pillar. He can't move. He has no clothes on. Every major part of sensitivity in his body is exposed. And they take wax at him. And it's meant to grab his skin and remove it. And just over and over, they would go after him. And he's just shedding blood. He's not complaining. He's being, he's being focused on the Lord's, the Father's will. And then they also had different instruments also that had many pieces of leather attached to him with hooks on them. You can imagine what that would do to the most sensitive parts of your body. And Jesus takes this on willingly for you and I. And then to embarrass him even more after probably a few hours of doing this to him, to him over and over and over, they gave him, they gave him a cloak 
probably made out of something like burlap. Place it on him, on those fresh wounds that are bleeding. And as the dry heat is working on him, his wounds are becoming one with the, the cloak. Then they put a crown of thorns on his head. And it's more like a bushel basket, what they put on his head. And the thorns have poison in them. And as soon as they touch your skin, your skin swells. So we hear in our first reading that he couldn't even look at him because he couldn't even recognize him. And then and they give him a little reed and they put it in his hand and they start saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they punch him in the face. Hail, King of the Jews. Save yourself. Spit on his face. And they bring him back out one more time in front of everybody and you couldn't even recognize him. You couldn't even recognize our Lord and Savior. He was so disgustingly looking. And maybe you can relate to that when you're thinking about other people and you can't see Christ in them anymore. They're behind the wounds, right? And as our Lord is, be, is before them, he's led to his crucifixion. They release a robber. They release Barabbas. And as they do that, they place a crossbeam on his shoulders, and they tie his hands to the crossbeam. The crossbeam weighs between two and 300 pounds on those fresh wounds on his back. So when he trips and falls, not once, not twice, but three times, the only thing to stop his fall are his knees and his face. And he willingly carries that cross, thinking about, I... I'm doing this to save my people so that they don't sin anymore. I'm doing this. I'm thinking about my people who are all sitting right before me right now. And his deep passion, his deep love for you and I. He encounters Simon of Cyrene who helps him carry that cross. And he goes up to Golgotha. He goes up there and on that beam when his hands are there, then they, they fix it to the, to the cross beam. And his hands are nailed to the cross beam. And his feet are nailed but it's, he's leaning forward. So to breathe, he has to pull himself up and he says the words, I thirst. And then he collapses. And you die of suffocation when you're being crucified. And to do that, just to say those words, he's revealing the Father's heart to you and I. Because Jesus came to reconcile us to the Father, to show us how much the Father just loves us. He says those words, I thirst, and it's not a physical thirst. It's a spiritual thirst for you and me, for deeper communion with you and me. And he wants us to know how much he loves us. He wants us to change. He wants us to spread this good news, but to encounter Jesus and his passion, to say, what does it mean to be crucified? That question I started with, everyone in the classroom just looked, got real quiet, kind of like we are now. And they all looked around and they just said, who would ever do that to Jesus? It's a really good question to reflect on. Who would ever do that to Jesus? But the reality is, when you and I choose to sin, when we choose to sin, we know it's wrong and we indulge, we're choosing death for our Lord. Yet he thirsts for us nonetheless. As I conclude my homily, I'm going to read a reflection to you that was written by St. Teresa of Calcutta and Father Joe Langford of the Missionaries of Charity called I Thirst. And I just want you just to close your eyes and imagine Jesus standing right before you. 
And these are the words that Jesus desires to say to you and I today. It is true. I stand at the door of your heart. Day and night. Even when you are not listening, even when you doubt it could be me, I am there. I await the smallest sign of your response, even the least whispered invitation that will allow me to enter. I know what is in your heart. I know your loneliness and all your hurts, the rejections, the judgments, the humiliations. I carried it all before you, and I carried it all for you so that you might share my strength and victory. I know especially your need for love, how you are thirsting to be loved and cherished. But how often you have thirsted in vain by seeking that love selfishly, striving to to fill the emptiness inside you with passing pleasures, with the even greater emptiness of sin. Do you thirst for love? Come to me, all you who thirst. I will satisfy you and fill you. Do you thirst to be cherished? I cherish you more than you can imagine, to the point of dying on a cross for you. I thirst for you. Yes, that is the only way to even begin to describe my love for you. I thirst for you. I thirst to love you and to be loved by you. That is how precious you are to me. I thirst for you. Come to me, and I will fill your heart and heal your wounds. I will make you a new creation and give you peace. Even in all your trials, I thirst for you. You must never doubt my mercy, my acceptance of you, my desire to forgive, my longing to bless you, and live my life in you. I thirst for you. If you feel unimportant in the eyes of the world, that matters not at all. For me, there is, one, there is no one any more important in the entire world than you. I thirst for you. Open to me, come to me, thirst for me. Give me your life, and I will prove to you how important you are to my heart. Whenever you open the door of your heart, whenever you come close enough, you will hear me say to you again and again, not in mere human words, but in spirit. No matter what you have done, I love you for your own sake. Come to me with your misery and your sins, with your troubles and needs, and with all your longing to be loved. I stand at the door of your heart and knock. Open to me, for I thirst for you. I stand at the door of your heart and call. Open to me, for I thirst for you.